I'm back, 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 I'm back. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's been like, I'm pretty sure it's been almost a year or probably a year, I don't remember, but it's been a really long time since I've recorded a podcast episode and I definitely did not mean for it to take a year, but a lot has happened. My life is always just a cluster of a a dumpster fire of just a bunch of mess. But like I said in the last episode, I always just like to look at the silver lining of everything. Everything that's going on in my life, you know, it happens for a reason. And although things (laughs) have not been the best since we last spoke, I am still here. And I'm still prospering, okay? So we're going to talk about grad school. I'm going to update you on that. We're going to talk about my job hunt, um, me possibly applying to PhD programs, things I do for fun now that we're in COVID times, um, and all of that. So let's get in to like where I left off. I did leave off on like dating, but that like like I said is a whole topic on itself. And honestly, I'm not da- I'm not dating. Um I don't even think about dating. It's like on the bottom 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 like shelf of my life. Like it has cobwebs on it. I literally don't think about it anymore. <laughs> um so Maybe like one of these days when I do start dating or start thinking about it again and start thinking about my life in that way, I will talk about it. But for right now, we're just going to have to shelf it again. But I will say when I was talking about that, I was like trying to like play the field um, and like doing, I was trying to like go on dating apps. Like my friend, she set up my, um, what she set up a, I forgot like the actual site. I don't remember. Oh, I think it was, okay. It was OkCupid. She set up my um, profile for me and I did talk to a couple of guys. At one point I was talking to like five to six guys, but honestly, it's just not for me. Dating apps is just not for me at all. I really don't know how people do it. I'm not judging you at all because I've definitely known people who have found their significant others from it. But for me personally, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just not for me. Um, And some of the guys, like, on the dating apps, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it because I don't want to just leave you guys hanging. Um, They would be like, oh, you know, like, what are you into? And I would tell them, but, like, all of the conversations were just kind of surface level or they would just turn sexual. And for me personally, that's just not where I am at in my life. I, I'm i just, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not a sexual being because I am, but I, that's not the first thing I want to go to. And if I just met you, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to just <laughs> like talk about sex, you know? Or like if you would tell them like, hey, I don't want to talk about sex. And then they'd be like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. But then they would 
start talking about sex and you're just like okay <laughs> there was only one guy who i like took serious but he was just not ready to commit and honestly that's totally fine um but i just had to like let it go because at that point i'm just kind of wasting my time and honestly i had stuff to do <laughs> i'm in grad school i have better things to uh, be spending my time on not to say that like a, like having a significant other wouldn't have been nice but um the hit his company wasn't like end all be all <laughs> in the nicest way possible to say that but he was a nice guy he was a nice guy okay so on to what I was actually trying to talk about in this episode um let's talk about grad school. So last time I was talking to you all, uh, I was talking about how my um, my advisor left that I came into the program with, and that was honestly traumatic, and I didn't realize that it was so traumatic to me until now. So this is, I'm recording this on 10-25-2020, and I didn't realize that until um, like a week ago. <laughs> about a week ago and uh i didn't realize how traumatic that whole experience was for me because after he left i felt completely abandoned and that honestly like just triggered um something in me that honestly is that has to do with like my childhood you know um with like feeling abandoned about with like certain people in my life you know uh mostly just like guys not my mom my mom is so precious i love her obviously we have like our fights you know mother-daughter relationships are never with their um headbutting or struggles <laughs> but my mom has always been there for me and i love her very much but um when he left i was just like well i came here only because of you and like to work with you um he was doing something his research was what i was like interested in and no one else is doing his type of research all the there was only one other clinical psychologist in the whole um, program and she was very strict of who like she wanted in her lab she was also just working with like adolescents and i personally don't want to do research with um children that is not my um <laughs> that is just not my goal in life i prefer to work with adults or like teenagers and even like with teenagers i don't necessarily want to work with them as much, um, but definitely not with children. I I don't wanna work with children. I do love children though. Like if it's anything else, but like when it comes to um, like maladaptive um, behaviors or like psycho, um, uh, uh, why am I blanking on stuff? That's gonna happen a lot because I have brain fog. Um, but like when it comes to like any type of like mental health or like abuse things, it really does impact me when I'm working with 
um, children because I can't separate that. And honestly, you just have to know yourself. And if I know that I'm just going to be so drawn and want to like protect all the kids and adopt them and be like, you're being abused, I'm going to adopt you. I can't do that. Like, as a um, as a clinical psychologist, you have to separate yourself from that. So that's why I don't like working with kids, and why I chose not to be <laughs> um, a pediatrician, even though that's what I originally wanted to be. Anyways, I digress. Um, so it was really hard for me, and I didn't realize that I became I like became like super depressed from it. And I kind of like just gave up on myself and I was just like, oh my gosh, like this sucks a lot. Um, <laughs> like everything sucks. Um, plus like I was going through like health issues. Turns out that I have like a couple of uh, chronic illnesses while I was in grad school. <laughs> And that was just so hard on my freaking body. I was literally going through hell <laughs> when it came to my body. Like, my body was literally, like, breaking down. But I had to, like, keep pushing to um, finish grad school and, like, keep up with my work. Because in grad school, you just have to do the work. Like, no one cares if you are, you know dying like you have to do the work and like I'm that's that's a hyper hyperbole like obviously but you really do have to do the work in grad school you can't just like stop and not like turn in your work but like for me I have chronic pain all throughout my body it also turns out that I have like arthritis all through my body also got diagnosed with um with like carpal tunnel in my hands so it made it really hard for me to like type and that's basically all of like <laughs> what grad school is for me because i'm a researcher so it was really hard <laughs> so it became like i became really depressed and i was like i'm not really doing what i wanted to do in grad school plus i have all this illness but i have to keep going because i have no one else to talk to and I can't quit because I have a goal. I have a goal and I cannot quit on myself. But Silver Lining, I had the best advisors ever. Shout out to um, Dr. Dichter and Dr. Burke. You guys are so amazing. I'm so thankful that I had you guys. I like, I, <laughs> I was probably like so annoying to them, like how much I would say thank you, but I can like literally like just talking about you guys brings tears to my eyes and I'm literally watering up right now because I'm so grateful that you, you two, sorry, I'm literally getting choked up right now. Ah! <laughs> um, you two like allowed me to you guys provided me support and like understand where I was coming from and you guys still like didn't give up on me and like didn't chastise me at all like you guys didn't chastise me at all and you never once made me feel small or made me feel like I couldn't do oh my gosh okay <laughs> I'm crying in the club okay you guys didn't like make me feel like I couldn't do something and you were always there 
And I am so grateful, so thankful that you guys are placed into my life. Like, God is so good that you guys were, like, placed in my life and became my advisors. You guys took me in um, and just worked with me. You guys totally understand, like, if I needed to take a break, you guys understood. If um, If I couldn't, like, type that, like, week, you guys understood. But you guys also were like, you can do it. And I would, you guys would still work with me. And like, no one else would do that. I promise you, no one else would do that. And I just hope that I always remember you too. And I all, I hope I always, always, always have the amount of grace and kindness that you both have and possess. And I hope I can, I can bestow that onto like, hopefully one day my grad students, or even if I don't necessarily like go the academic route, um, if I, like, if I have like employees or have people who work, um, uh, like under me, I don't like how that sounds. Um, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Um, people who I manage, I hope I, I'm able to, uh, uh, just to like push that forward because I'm I am so grateful I was able to finish everything on time I was able to like do my thesis um, and it's honestly like all like thanks to you and also to God like I am a Christian um, and I, like I know like not everyone is a Christian but I do. I love God. Um, and I'm just really thankful for you guys. Um, I doubt you ever hear this, but this is in the universe. And I really hope that uh, kindness, everything like good karma, everything is just coming your way because you guys are so awesome. And I hope that I'm able to repay you guys in some way in the future. Um, I also want to talk about, uh, my experience, um, as a TA. <laughs> Being a TA was very fun, actually. I, I learned that I actually really love teaching. Like, although I am incredibly shy, it was really nice, like, um, teaching. And I was teaching undergrads, um, and they were basically my age because I am... 23. I am almost 24. And when I started grad school, I was 22. So a lot of the students were like around my age. And honestly, it was kind of intimidating. And I didn't really like it was kind of hard to like be an authoritative figure. But it was still like really nice um, to like interact with the students and give them advice. Um, that I wish that I had, but honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Like the first semester I was there, there, whoo, there were some students who were kind of, who were kind of like you know, like very catty, and like I said, like I have brain fog and I have like you know, like chronic illnesses that sometimes impair me um and sometimes like I'm kind of like off 
my game or like I forget things or like forget words and like they would just like make fun of me or make fun of me like when I would stutter and I would like I didn't know how to like stand up for myself but by like the second third fourth semester I was just like I was on it like I'm not playing with anyone I am your teacher even if I am 22 or 23 like don't play with me don't play with me, okay? Because <laughs> um, I am not the one, even though, like, I might be a little, like, scared. But it was so fun. Like, I got to meet so many, like, cool undergrads who are doing amazing things. They're so far beyond their years. Um, just, like, incredibly brilliant people. Um, also, like, so funny. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, all of my students. I, I loved all my students. Um, uh, one of my favorite, like, TA ship was WM Shore, which was um, a research-based, uh, uh, I don't even know, like, I, it was kind of like a club slash class, um, but like I was the TA and it was catered towards um, first gen and minority students. So it, it was just like amazing to see um, because the school that I went to, I can honestly say because I'm, I'm not going like I'm not gonna go back to the school. They don't have a PhD um, for psychology. So it was William and Mary, the College of William and Mary. And um, it's like a pretty like good school, um, especially in Virginia. And all the students there are like incredibly smart. And it's a like PWI, predominantly white school. So it was really cool to see a lot of uh, of like black and brown students, some like Asian students, um, and like there was white students too there who were just doing amazing research, um, and they were like freshmen, sophomores, and juniors too. And there was like a sprinkle of um, seniors, but they were doing so like great work <laughs> and honestly I didn't really even know about research until I was like a junior in college like they didn't advertise that when I was at George Mason um which is a good school you know I'm not gonna I'm not bagging on George Mason but it's um it's a it's a research school George Mason, but like they don't really advertise it. It's a bigger school. Um, the only reason I stumbled upon it is because I took this class and then my teacher so um, happened to be um, the director of the psychology honors class. And I I was like, I'm going to do it because I want to challenge myself. And I ended up doing it and I ended up falling in love with research and now I'm here. <laughs> um, but they're like doing such great work. Um, not all of them were like psych students at all. I, I don't think any of them were really psych students. Most of them were wanting to be, um, they wanted to be doctors. A lot of them were pre-med, so like neuroscience, biology. That was like the majority of the students who were there. So it was really awesome to see like black students and um, 
Hispanic students wanting to go into that field because I know um, there are not a lot of doctors who are black and brown. Uh, so it was really awesome to see that <laughs> firsthand. And I was like, I'm so proud of you guys. Me always crying in the club um, for my students because I'm like a proud freaking mom or auntie. And um, they were just... I just love them so much. Um, and uh, what else? Like, we used to do so many, like, fun and crazy things. We would talk about uh, everything in the in the news, like, all the different topics, like, anything you can really um, talk about. But then we would also, like, relate it back to research. And it was just so cool to just, like, be yourself. So, like, also, it was really great for me, to be honest. I know I was supposed to be teaching them, but it was really great for me because I could just, like, be myself. Like, I could be a Black woman and I could just... I don't like I I could be like yes girl and I could snap my fingers and we would all be like period <laughs> but we're talking about research <laughs> and that was amazing for me oh um huh, I'm trying to think if I want to talk I can talk about my thesis for a little bit and then I'm gonna cut it a little bit short and then I will talk about like COVID and life after grad school in a separate episode and then just make it a two-parter and we'll have two episodes this week. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about my thesis. So I did do my thesis in something that I have been interested in for a really long time. I did it in, um, I did it on autism. So like implicit and explicit attitudes on um, relating to employment. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like those are a lot of like weird worlds, weird oh, worlds, weird words if you're not in psychology. So implicit and explicit attitudes have to do with like your different biases. So implicit has to do with um, uh, biases that are subconscious and then explicit has to do with biases that are like explicit. So like if someone's just calling you like a, a mean word um, versus like, you know, um, a person walks out of the way when you're like walks walks across the street when you are walking towards them, you know, like I've had a couple of those experiences. Um, those are like the differences. So one is more subtle than the other. Um, the implicit one, they're not aware of it, but the explicit one, they are because they are explicitly saying it. Um, so with autism, there is a um, a huge, huge unemployment rate out of like all of the different disabilities because there's a huge um, biases towards um, ASD individuals and it's honestly so crazy, but that was basically what my um, study was trying to get at. It's like, why is this? Because like, if you ask anyone, right, like no one's going to be like, yeah, I freaking hate people with ASD. I freaking, I, I really do. I hate them. I'm not going to employ them. Like no one's going to say that. 
everyone's gonna be like, yeah, I, I, I have a person like my neighbor has ASD, or um, my like my best friend um, brother has autism. And the reason why I'm saying like has is because I'm using the more neurodiverse term. I know there's like a huge um, discrepancy of like which one people like using. I'm just using the more neurodiverse term versus the more um the more neurodiverse and person-centered versus um the way that like people are typically used to hearing it which is like per this person has like um autism but i'm not trying to like offend anyone i do a lot of research on this i have worked with um a wide variety um with pe like people diagnosed with see like that would be the other way um with autism and i've also like had people in my family who are diagnosed with asd and i haven't i i personally don't think i have any biases but you never know like i might be the one of those people who are like no i don't have any implicit biases but then it's coming out explicitly but honestly, I've done the work. I am constantly doing the work and trying to rectify myself and my behaviors. So honestly, call me out and we can have that conversation. Um, but I'm just using the more neurodiverse way of explaining things. But I honestly switch back and forth just so everyone is comfortable. Okay, so going on. So in my study, we did find that there was implicit biases, um, negative implicit biases among the um, employers. So like our participants um, acted as our employers and we also had um, resumes that they were looking at. Like what, there were like basically identical resumes, but one, um, there was just like this one thing that made it stand out that this person was autistic versus the other resume that they weren't um, autistic. And it basically had to do that the other person was, um, was in a club. So was in a club that was, um, <clears throat> uh it was the autism spectrum no no the autism student association sorry <laughs> and um so we did find that although people did say that they have positive like um explicit attitudes we did find that there was um negative explicit attitudes which is very common and explains well could explain that um why that there's such a huge um why there's such a huge like underemployment when it comes to individuals diagnosed with autism which is is really crazy but there's also like some really great work um being chugged along with that and also um some businesses who are um doing great work and hiring actively hiring um, individuals diagnosed with autism um, and other um, other like disorders slash disabilities too. Um, one is actually, uh, let's see, there's one in South Carolina, 
Um, and I know there's one in Fairfax, Virginia. It's called Cameron's Chocolates. Uh, there's one in like Singapore, which is really cool. Um, there's a couple around. Uh, let me pull it up, actually. I should definitely have pulled that up. Let's see. Mm, I have two minutes. No, 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 um, yeah, but we basically found, um, the discrepancies and, but we honestly knew that that was going to happen because of our previous research and how, um, people view autism, which is honestly, it's not cool at all, like for people to uh, have negative biases towards um, autistic individuals. Like, how would you like it if someone um, someone did that to you or like felt that way about you? Like you wouldn't like that at all. Um, so I'm really trying to look for this, but I can't find it for some odd reason. I have so many freaking, um, so many freaking, what's it called? Tabs open. Okay. Ooh, I found it. Um, so there's one in New York. It's called Puzzles Bakery and Cafe. There's one in North Carolina and South Carolina. That's what I was talking about. It's called Biddy's and Bo's Coffee. Um, oh, actually, it wasn't Singapore. It was Malaysia. And it's called the Autism Cafe Project. And then there's one in New Jersey called the No Limits Cafe. And there's one in Fairfax, Virginia called Cameron's Coffee and Chocolates, which is amazing. Okay, so that is all I wanted to talk about today. There's honestly more, but I'm just going to make a part two because I was kind of rambling on about my um, thesis and then also grad school things. But I promise the next one will also be great too. I hope you all have a great week and I'm so glad to be back and I will, will, will keep up with this. I promise. Bye. (laughs)